Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. What a week has this week been? Like I, I can tell you that of all the weeks, this probably in the last year or so, this has been my favourite week because... It has just been amazing. I can see everyone spread out a little bit more. They're like, oh, you know, the corona spread. You know, it's going to be a thing. Um, but, like, it's, it's been an absolutely insane. At the beginning of the week, I'm like, um, corona, you know, how, how much is this going to affect me as a person? And then at the end of the week, I'm like, what do we do with toilet paper? You know, we need to get some more toilet paper. Like, this is crazy. And, look, I, I think God's got a sense of humour. You know, he's like, hey, you guys are so fixated on toilet paper. Look, here's a truck that caught on fire, you know, if you, you follow that story. Um, it's, it's just bizarre. It's, and I, I, I love the internet. There are bad things on the internet, but there's a lot of funny. Hey, has, has anyone else been Facebooking all the funny jokes, the memes and all the... Oh, it's just been such a wonderful week. I oh, just in my element, and uh, you know, my wife and I were just sitting in in bed, just giggling of all the little thing, all the funny stories. Anyway, I could go on and on all day about toilet paper, but what I want to talk today is is this idea of insanity. And uh, the word in, insa- insane means an inability to run with or understand or operate within a reality or the actual reality. And so our perceived reality is very different from the actual reality. And that's insanity. And there's lots of different definitions of, of insanity, but the one I like is that. And uh, it's, it's a really cool idea. But I think that for a lot of us, we're operating in a level of insanity where we're not actually living in a reality or God's reality in our lives. And uh, part of our, our reality is it's just a perceived reality. It's, it's what informs our reality. And I think the media have a lot to answer for, for the perceived reality a lot of people are living in. Particularly, you know, it just comes to, to mind, the toilet paper. You know, there's a factory in Brisbane making toilet paper. Like, uh, anyway, the mind blows. Um, it's, it's just, it's a reality that we often reflect. And, and my wife and I, we're, we're talking, you know, do we actually need to get some more toilet paper? How does this look? And we start, other people are taking toilet paper. I'm like, well, maybe we should get toilet paper. And how much toilet paper do we need? Are, are you a scrunch or a folder? Like, I haven't been, if I, if I, I'm a scrunch. If I become a folder, maybe I'll get an extra week out of this roll, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's this absurd idea that uh, our reality is informed and we, we live in a state of fear and the media sells a good story, don't they? They, they love fear, and, and, but it's hard to know the actual truth. You know, we don't, can't really trust the media all the time. We don't really know the origins of the coronavirus. There's a lot of speculation and a lot of theories. But what is our, where do we get our reality from? And I want to touch on that because taking, talking today, we're talking about prayer. And I believe that prayer is how we run and operate within God's reality in our lives. And as Christians, if we're not actively engaging in prayer, we're likely to be living in an insane place or an insane space of not operating within God's reality. See, prayer, prayer changes our perception of our reality. And prayer is simply this. Prayer is communing with God. There are heaps of forms and functions and ways that you can pray, but prayer is simply your heart connecting with God. It's a really simple and beautiful thing that sometimes as Christians we, we don't make it a priority in our lives, and I want to unpack that a little bit. 
So we are created for the pleasure, for God's pleasure, and for him to enjoy us and for us to enjoy him. And when we engage in prayer, that starts to take hold. This reality of prayer changes our, so prayer changes our reality. Have you ever had someone that just really annoys you? And like, really, no, surely not. Uh, I have. <laughs> and they just frustrate you. And you, when you start to pray for them, and many, many times God's just convicted my heart about, hey, I want you to pray into this space. And I'm like, oh, but I just, I'm happy not liking that person, you know. But after a while, you pray for them and you start to have this compassion for the person. It changes how you see them. And, and that's, that's why loving your enemy, you know, when, when you allow God to love through you and you start to pray for the person, it changes your heart and they stop becoming your enemy and they become your friend. And I've seen it over and over again. It's just frustrating. Like, I'm happy to be grumpy sometimes, God, but he doesn't want me to stay there because he knows his reality is so much better than my perceived reality. And he wants me to leave my perceived reality and to take on his truth in my life. And how we do that is communing with God, and that's simply prayer. It's a beautiful, natural conversation. But at times, it's hard to pray. Sometimes I don't know how to pray. Um, three weeks, four weeks ago, um, we found out that our daughter Katie has needing, is needing heart, so open heart surgery. And she's 10, and I found a really numb place in my life where I didn't even know how to pray. Like, I know intellectually we need to pray for healing. We know we need to pray for for the, the surgery, for all the things coming up. But it's hard, it's hard to understand exactly what it is we're praying for. Are we praying that God would intervene before the surgery? Would, would God uh, fix her heart beforehand? Would bring a healing or work through the surgery? Or maybe that's part of the plan for Katie and Katie's life. And so sometimes knowing exactly what to pray for can be a really hard thing. And it's, sometimes it's, 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 it's confusing. And so I can understand wanting to know how to pray. And Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, you know, hey, we, we don't know how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And if you're following our you Bibles, we're picking up in Luke 11, verse 1. And so Jesus was talking to his disciples, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus goes into this beautiful, it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's a beautiful prayer, and it's essentially the attitudes of prayer that we ought to have. It's not the formula, it's the attitudes to have. And he starts in, in verse 1 by saying, Father. Now, there's another version of this Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Now, this is the, the Matthew, Matthew 6 is a little bit more expanded, and you know the Matthew 6 one, so we're not doing Matthew 6, because you'll actually watch this one. You don't know this one as well. Uh, but Father is that connection of God. You know, when we pray, just that is who he is. That's who we're praying to. It's an intimate relationship with God. Father, hallowed be your name. Now, hallowed is not a word we use a lot, but it basically means great respect and greatly revered. And that's our attitude of how we approach God. We come to God and say, hey, we're not, in, not in a place of telling God what to do. You know, sometimes we can have this sort of almost arrogance in our prayer life where we, we, we tell God what he ought to do and we forget that he is God and who we are. We forget our place. But uh, God wants us to come with this, this respect and reverence to him. And then it says, your kingdom come. This is, this is a submission to God's will that I'm going to put my agenda aside and I'm going to allow your agenda to run and operate in my life, God. And that's a really important thing that we thread through our prayer life is that we allow God's agenda to be made known in our lives. 
We don't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing our own way. Give us each day our daily bread uh, and toilet paper for the day. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Give us each day our daily bread. This is the provisions. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God provides and we can rest in Him. And it's an attitude of that God wants to provide. He, he knows our needs and He knows them before we even ask. And so sometimes I struggle with, well, if you know what I want, God, you know, why are you asking, what do you want me to ask for? You know, if you already know. But God is wanting to connect and commune and engage our hearts in prayer. And prayer actually starts to change our perception of reality for that situation. And then forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Forgiveness is key, that we operate in this place of forgiveness, knowing that we are forgiven, but also forgive those around us. And lead us not into temptation. And this is God's guidance. God is wanting to lead and guide. And God's plan is a better plan than what you can plan for yourself. And we need to trust that. And when we trust that, we can, it changes and transforms how we pray, what we pray for, and our understanding of and the purpose of prayer. These are attitudes of prayer. So Jesus is given the scaffolding of prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And it's like learning to ride a bike. Um, we've all done it, and it's a bit wonky, and you're like, hey, here's the direction now. I want you to go and learn and grow in it. And prayer is like that. Prayer is, prayer is not a formula. Prayer is not a... And we, we can formularize it, but God, God is wanting to take us beyond a formula. He's wanting to take us beyond uh, just a script, and He wants to engage in our heart. You know, there's a uniqueness in prayer that God is wanting to bring us into. Everyone in this room has a different relationship with me and you have a different relationship with everyone else around you. And it's the same with our prayer life, that God is wanting us to build and grow a unique prayer life that is uniquely you. Your heart connecting in ways that God has made you with Him. Sometimes it might not even include words. There's so many ways you can connect and this is all under the umbrella of prayer, of that connecting with God. So attitudes of prayer so important that we understand them but prayer is simply communing with god it's it's a coffee-like connection sometimes like i love coffee anyone else here like coffee yes we all say um if you don't uh, we'll pray for you afterwards but but coffee is a great connection like i enjoy it and so for me it's become a time of connecting with god when i have coffee i'm like thank you god for this coffee and i just my heart i don't even need to use words it's just it's, it's an enjoyable place to be with god now, interesting that the only thing Jesus taught his disciples was how to pray, that we know of. Like, of all the things, that like Jesus was on earth in ministry for three years, and the only thing we know that he taught his disciples how to do was how to pray. And that shows the importance of it, because when we have a prayer life and we're engaging our heart with God, God does the rest. God living in and through us, He is the change agent in our lives. He completes us. He leads and guides us. And so prayer is absolutely crucial for us to outlive what God, our purpose and calling that God has for us in our lives. Awesome. I think you're all with me. Uh, Verse 5, then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. 
I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and a door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so we have this, it's almost like a juxtaposition. We've got this, this idea of uh, this, this prayer, this template that Jesus gives us. It's like, I want you to be respectful. And then we've got this parable where Jesus goes straight into it. It's like, hey, I want you to be audacious in your prayer. So there's this, there's this tension that God is wanting us to, to not be disrespectful, but he's wanting us to be bold and audacious in our prayer life and to come before him and to not give up and to, <clears throat> to keep going to him. Because when we keep going to him, it changes our perception of reality and it changes our heart, it changes the situation. If we, if we really knew the power and effectiveness of prayer, praying would not be hard. If we really understood, if we came to terms with the reality of prayer and what it does in our lives, prayer would not be hard. But for so often, I, I struggle with it. It's like, it's the time, it's making space. But, it, but if I really understood and had a clarity of what prayer does, it wouldn't be hard. See, prayer develops a dependency on God. So keep meeting with me. Jesus is saying, I want you to keep meeting, keep meeting, keep connecting. And isn't it beautiful that Jesus right here is showing us that he doesn't give us everything we want when we ask. And I think that's a beautiful thing because I don't want to serve a God who is governed by me. I want to serve a God who is Lord of all and who's bigger than me. And I think it's a a beautiful thing that we understand uh, that it's in the process of prayer that the reality of God's kingdom is brought into the forefront of my life. Prayer is so important to keep coming back, keep pressing into God and growing. And God is big enough for your honesty. God is big enough for you to pour out your heart, your brokenness. He will not be offended when you come to him because he already knows what's in your heart. He knows what's already there, but he wants us to keep rocking up, to keep meeting with him. There's, uh, he wants us, in James 4 verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. And I think this is a beautiful thing. God is wanting us to pursue him and to grow that intimacy with him. It's kind of like a fridge in a kind of weird kind of way. But um, like if if you've got a a friend who has a fridge and um, you know your friendship is really developing well when you can just go in and take whatever you want out of said fridge. Um, But, you know, if you go to a new person's house and you invite it over... Yeah, this is awkward, you know, like, I want a glass of milk, can I just go grab the milk? Yes. But you know when you, 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 you have that intimacy, to have that friendship and that honesty, where you can get out of peanut butter and make a sandwich and you don't feel awkward. Like, that is true friendship. That is, like, peaking friendship. That is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to be. And that is how God is wanting us to, to meet with him. It's, the, it's that don't, don't hold back. Don't, out of any of your fears or insecurities or whatever's going on in your life, don't let it hold you back from coming and meeting with me. Because prayer, prayer is just this conversation. It's a communion with God. It's it's such a beautiful connection. But don't let anything interrupt it. Awesome. Uh, Verse 11, Jesus continues, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, heavenly, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
And I love this because the disciples, their whole question was, teach us how to pray. And Jesus is coming back and saying, hey, you, like, you're, you're pretty good people, even though you know how to give good gifts, even though you're evil, which is a pretty harsh thing to say. But, you know, he's making a point that how much better is God and how much is, is he wanting to give you? But he doesn't give them what they ask. He gives of himself, which is so much more. They, what Jesus is saying is, is God gives everything you need is in Christ. And when we understand that we are complete in him, and when we ask him into our lives, we, we have everything we really need. And that changes our understanding, it changes our approach in and through prayer. The process of prayer is intimacy, the result is transformation. Prayer creates an intimacy with you in God. It's how you start to hear the heartbeat of God, but it changes your situation. It changes both your perceived reality, but the things in your life that are, that are really troubling you. Now, um, if, when, when we found out that Katie was needing heart surgery, um, I, I had this conference the next day I had to go to, and um, I really struggled because I had this pain, this pain in my heart, and I just it just hurt. You know, when it's your kids, it just hits you in a different way. And uh, I spent some time that week just, just resting and sitting and letting my heart talk to God without words. And it was just the most amazing thing because God didn't take the pain away, but what he gave me was a peace in the pain and a joy in the pain. And if that doesn't make sense, great, because it's a God thing. I can't explain it. But he gave me such a peace that, that God is in control, that he is good, that he loves Katie, that he loves us. You know, and, and so it's that understanding. So spending time with God allows us to operate in the mindset of God and to understand. And it's, it, it's the, that's the place you want to live. You, you want to be in that place where, where God's character is washing over you. Your identity is found in him and him alone. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. You know, there's no formula to prayer. There's no right or wrong way. Actually, the wrong way is not praying at all. And so I encourage us as a church that we, we be a, a church that makes time for God in our lives. You know, your diary and your calendar... They hold all the important events in your life. How often does prayer make it to our diary? How often do we actually make space and say, this is important enough to make space, make room in my life? We, we, I, I can make time for my favorite TV show. I'll always make time for that. But I won't always make time for prayer. And that's a challenge for me. That communion with God is so important. Um, I, I went on a, um, took M to Indian, cheap Indian place for a date. I'm a cheap date. And um, this week, and um, I love you, M. But she spent a lot of time talking, and she's very good at talking. And um, there was a time that she just stopped talking, and it was just beautiful. The black eye makes sense now, yeah? <laughs> but uh, it was a beautiful thing, because it was just me and her. And I'm like, I didn't want to say it, but I, I, it was just, I'm really enjoying being with you. And, and some of the most in, enjoyable times I have with my wife, and we, we just, there's no agenda, and we just simply hold each other. And that is prayer. Sometimes we overthink it, we overcomplicate it. It's our heart connecting with God. 
And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's such a beautiful thing. We just simply rest in his arms because he loves us and he cares for us. Such a beautiful thing. All right. Within God's reality is where you want to operate. You were created to take on his truth and his identity. Love does. And this changes how we operate in the world. It changes the needs that we see. When we are active in our prayer lives, we start to see the world in a different place. We start to see... Uh, so this, this whole toilet paper thing, meeting with God today, I mean, this week it was a change in my heart. I'm like, I started out the week of like, oh, fear, and so maybe we should stock up on toilet paper. Um, but taking on a God-breathed reality for me, I'm not saying for anyone else, but for me, the God-breathed reality for me was that my bottom is not more important than anyone else's. You know, like it, it sounds funny, but it's the, the reality for me is, is that there are people that need to stock up. And if you're one of those people who stock up, I love you. That's fantastic. But that's not me. You know, and I, you know, it, sounds, you know, it sounds weird. Sorry, it sounds really weird to say, but I think it's really important for all of us to operate within the reality of what God has for us. And so it becomes, I'm not condemning anyone for stockpiling paper, but I don't need to. I live in the bush for two, two, two months without toilet paper. That's easy. I love it. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to live in the operate in the reality of God that he has for you and not live by fear that the perceived reality of the people around are giving you. So, so good to hang on to God's reality. And that is the role of prayer in your life. That is the role of prayer. And that's why it's important. I mean, prayer is such a big thing. There are so many aspects of prayer. I found this message really hard, actually, because there's so much I want to say. Like, there's all these different facets, but what I really want us to take home with today is that prayer changes our perceived reality as we take on God's reality. All right, excellent. Well, we'll as we're wrapping up, uh, if you haven't received God, if you haven't connected with God, if you haven't allowed Him into your life, please don't leave here without having a chat to one of the pastors or someone. Turn to your neighbor and just say, I need, I need God in my life. I need this reality. Because this is so important that we allow God in to start the process of change, to start the process of receiving our new identity in Him. So crucial. John 16.33, I have told you these things so that in, you, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. May we be ever learners, learning how to pray. May we never arrive. May God continually teach us and take our hearts on this journey of discovery, of learning what it is to connect with Him. What does your quiet place look like? Do we have a space that, that God we just meet with God and it's just such a beautiful place? Different seasons of my life has looked like different places. So started out in, in the bush. I used to go hiking and uh, out in the bush. I just loved that. That was my time connecting with God. And then different seasons, I, I spent time sitting on rocks, watching waves crash around me. And it was just that special connection time with God is so important to make that a, a priority in your life, to meet with God. Because trying to do the Christian life without the empowerment of God is crazy. That's the ultimate level of insanity. We're going we're gonna, to um, step into communion now. So if I ask the communion stewards and the band to come up, that would be, that would be great. But I think this, it's really important for us to 
take time to reflect. I don't reflect very well. I talk at God a lot. I do. I've got a lot of things I say to God. I don't always take time to listen to what he has to say for me. You know, an an unreflected experience is a lost experience. Many, many times I've left church and thought, hey, that was a great idea, that was a great concept, that was a great word. I feel challenged. Monday morning I wake up and I have no idea what I was challenged about. As we reflect, let us let God challenge us and change our understanding of what he has for us. What we're going to do now is we're going to, get, uh, we're going to come up and grab the elements and then go back to your, to your seat. And uh, we're just going to stand with the elements and wait till everyone's got it. And then we're just going to read through the Lord's Prayer together. Because I think there's something beautiful about in a unity, a unity of prayer, coming togetherness there. So if we can do that now, and just as you're doing that, just reflect on what God is challenging you, what He's speaking to you, that He just wants to love you, for you to enjoy Him as we meet together. So communion is nothing, nothing superstitious, superstitious or it's, it's just an element that resembles and represents what Christ has done for us. So let's come and do that now.